Hello, everyone. My name is Kate, and you are listening to the season two premiere of Artwise. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the season two premiere of Artwise. I am so excited to finally be releasing these episodes. I have been working on them tirelessly for the past couple of months, and I will continue to work tirelessly to get these episodes out. I have met with some of the most amazing, talented, just all around great artists. Every single person who I've talked to so far has been truly, truly amazing. And I am so thrilled to finally be releasing this podcast for you. So if you guys are new here, welcome. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this podcast. It's really going to be an amazing season. And if you're not new here and you came from season one, you're probably thinking, where the heck is Diane? And that's a great question. So Diane is still in school. She's in college full time. She's also, uh, last I heard from her, she was looking to start working again. And she's super busy, doesn't have a lot of time to be doing the podcast. So unfortunately, it's just me this season. But that doesn't mean that this season isn't going to be awesome. I'm so excited to share this with you guys. I know I keep saying it. So if you haven't yet heard the trailer, season two, every single episode, I'm going to meet with a guest artist who is kind of like a specialist in different facets of the art world and the art industry. And I tried to keep it as diverse as humanly possible. I definitely tried to remain open throughout the entire process. Every kind of artist, all the way from like creative directors to fine arts painters to NFT artists to anything you can think of. Animators, like tons of different variety. For this first episode, I just wanted to kind of explain, you know, first of all, where Diane went. Second of all, what season two is going to be because it is going to be a little bit different. Well, not a little bit different. It's going to be very different from season one in and of itself. But I didn't want to completely, you know, start from scratch with a new podcast because season one is awesome and it's it's still really good content. So that's why I started season two of Artwise. And even though it is a little different, it's honestly, it's amazing. And I'm so excited for you guys to listen to it because it really is awesome. The next thing that I wanted to talk about on this episode is why I'm doing Artwise again. So like I said, season one was awesome and I didn't want to completely discredit it. But after we wrapped up season one, we were supposed to come back over the summer and then we didn't. And Diane was super busy and she really didn't have time to continue with the podcast. Uh, she still doesn't have time to continue with the podcast, which I totally get. But I really missed it. I actually started another podcast, which doesn't exist anymore. And it wasn't art related. It was like astrology and some other things. But I really like missed being in the podcasting space and making podcasts. So I definitely wanted to come back and make podcasts because here's the thing when me and diane made artwise we started it because both of us listen to podcasts when you're an artist 
listening to podcasts is really easy because, you know, all the work that you're doing is primarily visual. So you can listen to other things and do other things while you're working. And something that both of us really enjoyed was listening to podcasts. And something that I had always looked for in a podcast was basically what ArtWise is. And I could never find anything like what we did in season one or like what I'm doing for season two. And so I asked Diane if she wanted to start a podcast with me because I felt like there was a huge gap in the space. And she said yes. And that is how season one was started. And I still feel felt like there was like kind of a gap missing because, you know, even though season one was amazing, I didn't hit all of the bases that I wanted to hit. And I didn't feel like I had truly accomplished my goal of making the podcast that I would want to listen to while I'm working, while I'm painting, while I'm creating, while I'm driving, all of those different things. And so that's kind of why ArtWise was born. And now I'm doing a lot of different things where I really want to be able to share it with other artists or people who are into art or people who like to listen to podcasts about art or whoever wants to listen to this, I was really excited to share and make something that doesn't exist because that's like part of what being an artist is. I mean, that's part of like the fun of it is making something that doesn't yet exist. And I feel like I really accomplished that, especially like with this second season and that's that's why I'm doing this really. So the next thing that I wanted to do, so I thought this would be fun for the first episode. So season two, like I said before, is comprised of interviews with all of these amazing guests who are all artists from different areas of the field. We have like all kinds of stuff this season. Like I'm trying to get a cake decorator on. I'm trying to get, you know, an author. I'm trying to get musicians. I have gotten like creative directors and, you know, like movement artists and, and dancers and animators and NFT artists and things that I don't know anything about. Because as a lot of you know, or will know, because um in this episode, as I was saying, <laughs> I wanted to talk about myself a little bit and introduce myself because I feel like this season is really new and fresh and it has a lot of differences from season one. And I thought how better off to start the season than to kind of interview myself as I would a guest so that you guys know a little bit more about me and what credentials I have to be doing this. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm so excited to do this for the first episode because I have a lot of really fun things to talk about. So to start off, I'm just going to talk a little bit about my art journey and how I became an artist. So actually, my art journey was not really linear. Um, it started to be, but it, it really wasn't. As a young kid, I was really into crafts. I, I loved being crafty and making stuff and painting um, pretty much as I was born. My dad is actually an artist and he, I, he has an interview as well on season one of the podcast. If you want to check that out, his name is Billy Merriman and his, his episode is already up and was recorded for season one. But my dad was an artist. So when my parents saw that I was kind of into art as 
from like a very early age. They really encouraged me to keep going with it and, you know, um, be creative because I really always enjoyed being creative and doing creative things. And, you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to be an artist. I, I always knew I wanted to be a creative person, but I definitely have sort of um, like an edge to me because, you know, I I did the art and stuff through elementary school. And then as I got into middle school, I was kind of like, you know, I don't have to do art just because I'm good at something doesn't mean I have to do it. And I had this kind of like urge to do more than that. So something that I've always really liked was to use my voice and like speak publicly and speak in front of others. And so in middle school, when I was growing up, I actually, (laughs) I switched from traditional art and I did do theater for a couple of years. I know kind of cringe, but it's okay. I had a really good time. I really enjoyed it. But at the end of the day, after I finished doing theater, once I had, you know, moved on from middle school and started to go to high school, I really realized like, you know, I liked doing theater. But I feel like my voice would be better suited elsewhere because, you know, when you're doing theater, you're not up on stage being yourself. You know, you're playing a character. And as much as I like to speak in front of others and speak to others, I really just didn't think that my skill set and my talents were best suited for what I was doing. And I started to kind of find my love for art again. So. Before I started high school, I went to, they had like anyone who goes to school in America. I don't know if it's different in other places, but in Florida anyways, where I live in in the United States, they will typically, or in my county where I grew up, uh, they will typically have like before school starts, like a week before school starts, you can go around and like see where your classrooms are. You'll get your schedule. You can talk to some of your teachers. If your teachers are in the classroom, sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. But in this case, the art teacher was in her classroom. And I remember going in there and being like, hey, they put me in art one, but I really would prefer to be in art two. I know I'm a freshman or coming in as a freshman, but here's my art. I don't think I need to be in art one. I was that kid. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was like, I don't really think I need to be in art one. Can you like get me put into art two? Can you like write me a recommendation to get put into art two or like sign something or something? The art teacher was like really impressed with my work that I had done. Uh, So when I was in theater, I actually not only did I have a lead, but I also designed and painted all of the sets as well. So uh, that was something else that I did. And so I definitely, even though I I wasn't fully focused on art, uh, even though I was in theater, I was still doing it. So I had actually acquired a pretty decent portfolio, as decent as it could be for like, you know, a 14-year-old kid. And my, you know, my art teacher or my future art teacher at the time was like, yeah, your, your work's really good. I'll write you a recommendation. I'll sign it, whatever. And so on my schedule, they put me in art too as a freshman instead of art one. And I had my art teacher, Miss Smith, who is an amazing, amazing person. I'm so lucky to have had her in my life. 
Um, I miss her every day. She taught me so much and she is probably like one of the biggest like encouragements in in me pursuing art as a career and I can't thank her enough and something she always said which will be repeated (laughs) in future episodes this season is like whenever we were were painting or drawing or whatever and we were making something if we were ever frustrated um, Miss Smith would always remind us it's about the journey and not the destination and I feel like it's a really good saying for this podcast, because it really is about the journey. I've met so many amazing, amazing people on this podcast, and it's been awesome. But anyways, back to my little anecdote. So (laughs) uh, going into high school, doing art, uh, I had Miss Smith, my art teacher, for all four years of high school. She was like the like upper art teacher. So she did like the upper level. So she didn't, I don't think she taught art one, but she taught art two, and then art three, and then AP uh, drawing and AP 2D studio art. And she also taught the 3D uh, sculpture classes. And I I don't think I ever took sculpture, but I did take art two, art three, and then I took AP drawing and then AP studio art my junior and senior year. And as I was in high school, I also, my junior and senior year was the president of the National Art Honor Society. And Uh, My sophomore year, I think I was like a historian. I was always an officer of National Art Honor Society. It was one of my favorite things to do growing up. I was able to like, you know, be really organized and I was able to speak to a group of students. And even though National Art Honor Society wasn't like the most fancy thing in the world, like it wasn't like it wasn't like a big group of people, you know, like when I when I say I was president of our honor society, I think like the most that we had was maybe 10 or 15 kids. But it was something that was really important to me. And I, I was so glad to have had the opportunity to do that because sharing my passion for art is is something that I feel really called to do in this lifetime. I've always felt called to do it. You know, even when I wasn't focused on art, I was still like, yeah, I want to design the sets for theater. I want to paint, you know, paint these sets and do all of this stuff. And I was so, you know, determined and excited to do that. But yeah, through high school, I took every opportunity that I could to get my art out there and to show people what I could do and you know, to speak in front of people and to have inductions for Art Honor Society and to give my speech and talk about how much, you know, I loved everyone and and how excited I was and all of this stuff that I did. And uh, while I was doing that, I, you know, had art and art shows and I, I won a lot of awards. I actually, during this time in high school, had my illustration of a giraffe published on the 2017 April-May issue of National Art Education Association magazine. And they actually put my picture on the front cover of the magazine, too, and they did a little bio about me and said, you know, Caitlin Merriman is a junior at (laughs) such and such high school and... It was just really encouraging. And I know, and I know from experience from doing this podcast and also from just life in general, that not everyone is as fortunate as I was to have that support. Yeah. So then after that, I graduated high school and 
I really wanted to go to Ringling College of Art and Design in Sarasota, Florida. And so I applied there and I actually got in and I won an $80,000 scholarship. And I was so ecstatic. I thought for certain that I would go there. I made plans to go there. I bought like shirts. I like bought hoodies. (laughs) I was like so fully prepared to go to Ringling College of Art and Design. I actually did a uh, pre-college program there that I won a scholarship to also from Art Honor Society and other things. And because I won that scholarship, that's actually how I met Diane. We were roommates at that pre-college program. And I, I was certain that I wanted to go there for real college too. And so, you know, winning that $80,000 scholarship excited me so much that I, I just you know, I was stoked. I had my five-year plan. I was going to go there. I was going to graduate. I was going to major in game art and I was going to, you know, become an artist for video games. And I was going to do like 3D modeling and and sculpting. And I was going to do, you know, effects and textures. And I, I wanted to learn everything there was to learn. I was so excited. And I, you know, I finally felt like I knew where my life was going a little bit. But then I went to the school for accepted students day and I went to the financial advisory office. I made an appointment with them and I was like, cool, I have this scholarship. I'm like, not going to have to pay anything. $80,000 is a lot of money. And it is a lot of money. Um, I figured it would pay for most of it, but I, you know, I went in and I talked to the advisor there and he was like, oh, this is awesome. You already, because in high school, I also did dual enrollment. So I had a lot of college credits already too. And they were supposed to, you know, take those college credits. Like I wasn't supposed to have to pay for them, obviously, because I already took the, the classes, but they, they took all my credits from dual enrollment and AP classes and they took all that out. And then the guy who was the advisor was like, okay, so after all four years said and done, uh, you're only going to owe $170,000. And I was like, what? Wait, are you kidding? Because I worked so hard to do dual enrollment to try and get as many credits as I could so I wouldn't have to pay for it. And I worked so hard to like get scholarships and I won so many scholarships and I had $80,000 worth of scholarships and I thought surely this will be enough. And uh, to go in and have them tell you that you still are going to owe $170,000 after everything is said and done, it's just like, you know. And at the time I was 18 and I was still in high school and I had not really had a concept of money. The the biggest concept of money that I had was my part-time job at Cost Plus World Market where I was a cashier and I knew that, you know, even as, when I did work 40 hours a week for the first 2 weeks that I worked there, how much money I was making and uh you know, 170000 in four years was not the amount that I was making. It was not even close. In fact, it was more like 60000 in four years if I was lucky enough to get hours. And I, you know, ultimately, I couldn't afford th- I couldn't afford it. There was no way I was going to be able to get student loans. And that, I know, is something that a lot of artists experience as well. And it's really unfortunate. But I don't regret how it happened because after I 
was supposed to go to Ringling, and then I didn't because it was so expensive. I went, okay, what's the next best thing I can do? And immediately I'm like, oh, industry experience. Okay, so let me just find a job as an artist. Like, like it's hard, you know? And so I went and I decided, you know what? I'll just Google art jobs and I'll just apply to everything. So that's exactly what I did. Like a week after coming to terms with the fact that I was not going to be able to go to the college that I had dreamed of going to my whole life, basically, I Googled art jobs. I applied to every single job that I found that I thought that I could do. And I got one. I got a job that was right up the road from my house at a place called Big Frog Custom T-Shirts and More. And that is actually a franchise. It's a franchise with multiple locations. So there might be one near you. Uh, There was near me. And so I I went in, they were hiring. I, you know, told them, yeah, I've been, you know, doing art my whole life. I'm definitely an artist. I'm mostly an illustrator, but I know some graphic design stuff too. I am fully certified in Photoshop and Illustrator, and I know everything there is to know about both programs. And, you know, they liked me, they hired me, and I started working there. And that custom t-shirt shop taught me so much. I got so fast, especially at Illustrator. I'm like, crazy like I've seen some people who are like blow me away using illustrator who make like these crazy elaborate illustrations but when it comes to graphic design I am like I'm pretty quick with illustrator and I attribute it all to that job because we were timed you know because that that custom t-shirt shop it was like mainly for like one-off uh things you know so like You can go in there and be like, I need like four shirts for my son's birthday party or whatever. And then you would have an artist make the art and then print them out on the spot for you. And you would get everything done like while you're still standing there in the store. The whole process was actually super, super quick. And, uh, you know, I, I worked there and it was actually it was such a fun job and I genuinely loved it. And I in a heartbeat, like I. I would definitely do it again if I if I had to. The only problem was, well, actually, there was a few problems. <laughs> so for one, it was a small business, which isn't a problem in and of itself. But we, I was one of two employees at this store. And uh, I had a manager who was going through, and, you know, I love him to death. Love you, Mike, if you're listening to this. But um, it was stressful because, you know, Mike was going through a lot of life stuff at the time and I was getting paid minimum wage to work there. And when Mike couldn't come in, I had to like hold down the fort because, you know, the owner was never around. And so um, it kind of felt like I was doing the job of a manager for the pay of not a manager, (laughs) you know, because I was definitely having to like pick up his slack when I was there. And so that was one problem that I had towards the end of me working there. I worked there for about a year. And then the other problem that I ended up having was it it was dangerous. So like I said, my manager was going through a lot of life stuff at, at the time that I had been working there. And there was a lot of days where he would be like, I'm coming in late. I'm not coming in at all, you know 
whatever. And I would have to be there, you know, so when he wasn't, and it's not like I wouldn't have been there anyway, but it's hard to run a store by yourself, especially if it gets busy and you're the only person there, there is nothing you can do, but ask people to wait. And if they can't wait, then, you know, they can leave. And, um, it was really difficult because there were definitely times when we were very busy, uh, right before I quit, we were very, very busy. Um, we were really close to, um, you know, far exceeding our goals for like sales and stuff, because that was another thing that was part of my job is it wasn't just graphic design. I had to physically print the shirts too. And I had to sell the shirts to people and all of that stuff on top of it. And it was amazing to learn like Genuinely, I'm so grateful for the experience, but because of the fact that about half of the time that I worked there, I was working there by myself, it made me feel really unsafe. And I've had a couple of instances where I was there alone and someone really creepy came in. And like, keep in mind, I was an 18, 19 year old girl at this point and being in a store and running a store by myself with like, you know, if I needed to, I didn't have a way to defend myself. And I had a couple of, you know, creepy (laughs) customers come in and I did not feel like, you know, risking my life for this (laughs) t-shirt shop. There was a one point where a man, uh, basically he came in. So I was there on a Saturday and I was there the whole shift by myself. And I showed up early to open, but on Saturdays, we opened at 10 o'clock instead of our normal 9 o'clock opening time that we have during the week. So I showed up at 9.30, so I was still 30 minutes early, and I was sitting in my car, and I had just parked, and so I I pulled my phone out of my purse, and I was checking my phone since I had just been, you know, driving, and I get, like, a knock on my window, and this man is just, like knocking on my window and then he's standing with his arm over my car so like I can't get out I can only like crack the window or crack the door but he isn't letting me get out of my car and he's just like why aren't you here you're 30 minutes late I've been waiting and I'm like we don't open until 10 on Saturdays I am actually 30 minutes early um but like what can I help you with and this guy was like I need you to do 12 reversible jerseys inside and out for me. And I need them by noon. And it was 930 at this point. I was going to be there by myself. And I was like, yeah, that's impossible. And he was like, you just don't want to do it. You're just lazy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I can show you how much material I have. And it is not enough for 12 jerseys. That's something that has to be ordered. And you have to bring that stuff in like a week in advance at least for it to be able to get done because I have to order vinyl. So vinyl is a material that can be, you know, pressed onto shirts. If if you like have heard of like a cricket or like um, a plotter or anything like that, those use vinyl and it's the same material that goes on jerseys because obviously all the backs are different. So you have to use vinyl because you can't really screen print unless like the jerseys are, you know, like, for the NFL or something. If it's just for like little league, which is what this guy, it was like basketball. I don't know what the little league for basketball is called, but it was like a basketball team of like kids that were like 12 years old. It was like youth sizes. And 
I didn't have enough vinyl. I showed him. I was like, there's no way I'm going to have enough to do this. And even if I did, I'm here by myself today and people are going to start coming in when the store is set to open and I'm going to have to help them. I can't just print your stuff and ignore people. I'm here by myself today. And uh, he grabbed me by my shirt and called me lazy and was screaming in my face. And I almost had to call the police. I called the owner and I called my manager and I was like begging someone to come up and help me. And um, nobody could. (laughs) And it scared me so bad that I applied for another job. (laughs) And so I applied for the job that I have now. So Uh, I work in sports and I do pretty much the same thing that I did except for it's exclusively art. So I don't print the shirts anymore, but I still, you know, I set up the art. I I design t-shirts for, you know, the NFL and for the NBA and sometimes MLS and like some other little things. But yeah, I do production art. So sometimes, uh, I'll have to, you know, set up stuff for screen print. So I'll have to do the separations because when you screen print, you, you know, you lay down the white first and then you have to do each color individually. So I'll do separations for that sometimes. And yeah, it's definitely um, a better job. It's definitely more professional. And I definitely needed the year of experience at the custom t-shirt shop that I worked at initially to be able to start this job. But yeah, and so as I've been working this job, so I've actually been doing this for about three years now, which is crazy to think about because it has not felt like three years. But um, it's, you know, it's a normal eight to five where I, you know, I sit in an office and I sit at my desk and, you know, every day is kind of the same. And not only that, but still as an artist, I feel like this is a problem that I run into. I despite being paid a lot more than at my my last job where I was getting essentially minimum wage, uh, I had to move to the city to be cl- to be closer to this job. So I, I'm from Tampa and I, I had to move into the city because I, you know, I was driving the first year that I worked there. I actually drived an hour to and from. So it was like two hours in the car every day just to get to work. Uh, So I I ended up moving to Tampa and unfortunately the cost of living in Tampa is ridiculous. And so uh, I did have to pick up other jobs and, you know, do freelance and stuff like that. So another thing that I I picked up was uh, my second job, which I am still at also. And it's amazing. I make educational art videos for children that are like elementary school to high school age children. And it's basically just art lessons, you know, lessons about graphic design, lessons about color, anything that I choose, really, I can make an educational video about and just kind of share my passion for art. And I absolutely love that job. Um, I do that in conjunction with my other job. And I also just picked up a third job as, as well to make some extra cash because, you know, it's not easy out here. He's sometimes you gotta, sometimes you really gotta work hard just to, just to pay the bills. So I, I actually recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, got a third job as well to do in conjunction with my eight to five. And that is, it's freelance. So it's just basically, I, I found this company actually through one of our guests, uh, Kayla, you'll you'll hear from her <laughs> pretty soon. But um, yeah, she got me this third job for some extra cash. 
And it's it's all freelance. And it's just this company where, you know, you can send in an idea for a shirt and your shirt size, and they'll send you back a t-shirt with a design on it. So any idea you can think of, you can basically just send that idea in and it gets sent to me and then I make the art for it and it gets printed on a shirt and sent back to you. And so that's kind of what I'm working on right now. And I'm also starting up my own business as well. The website will actually be up this month, which I'm stoked about, but I do social branding. So I do full branding packages. I don't do just logos or just business cards. I purely just do the social branding because I think that me personally, I feel like if you're just getting a logo from an artist, it's not necessarily worth it. So I do like the full branding packages and I have different ones for different things. Like I have like, you know, a a Twitch package where it's like a full package of, you know, all the art you could possibly need for, you know, like a Twitch channel or a YouTube channel. I have like a social media package. I have an Etsy shop package. I have a small business package. I do like full social branding packages. Um, They all like vary in you know, price and size and what you get with each one. But that is something that I'm doing as well. I'm very busy. I keep myself busy. I'm a workaholic by nature. It's crazy. But that website will be up this month. And I'm hoping that I don't have to work three jobs here pretty soon if I can get that to pick up because that would be absolutely sick if I could not work three jobs. (laughs) You know what I mean? But anyway, (laughs) so I have been working on that and that's what I've been doing. And that's the story of how I got to be here and I got to start this podcast and kind of share the journey that I'm on to. Another thing that I've been doing as well is I've been trying really hard to network and meet other artists because after I graduated high school and I didn't have like National Art Honor Society anymore, It was kind of lonely, not kind of, it was really lonely. I I didn't really, you know, maintain a lot of the friendships that I had in high school, mainly because, you know, I had to move, uh, you know, down to the city to be closer to work. And I'm not really, you know, uh, location wise, I'm not really close to anyone anymore. But doing this podcast has been like such a light in my life. and And I hope it really helps you guys out as well that are listening because, It has done so much for me and like I know it sounds kind of sappy saying that but I have met some of the most amazing people and I think it honestly hearing you know that somebody has a story that's similar to yours is really nice and everybody's story behind why they're an artist or why they do what they do or what their passions are everyone's story is completely different in that regard but Every single person that I have interviewed so far for season two has had such an incredible story of how they got started. Every single one. And no one is without their struggles or hardships or moments where, you know, it's like, oh, maybe I don't want to do this because it can be really difficult. I mean, obviously, like, I don't want to be working three jobs right now. I don't want to be you know, doing all of this while I'm trying to start up my own business and while I'm making this podcast and while I'm doing all of these things. But 
it's just part of it sometimes, you know? It's not always easy. And I think that this podcast does a really good job of illustrating that. And like I said, you know, I wish that I could make a time machine and go back in time and give this podcast to my younger self so that I could say, look, I know you're really upset and you're frustrated and you wanted to go to Ringling, but it worked out better this way. You have no student loans. (laughs) You still got your associate's degree in graphic design. You're still doing art for a living and you have been since you graduated high school and you worked so hard for it. Harder than a lot of of people uh, that you went to high school with who are still, you know, not to down these these people, but like you did everything that you wanted to do. You did all of it, you know, because I was so I remember when I was younger, I was so worried about, you know, oh, how am I going to move out of my parents' house? And I did it at 18. I was worried that I would never leave my parents' house or that I would never be financially independent or that I would never be able to do so many of the things that I have already done and I have big goals too, like for the future. And I, I'm just as ecstatic. I'm ecstatic to be able to say like, yes, it wasn't always easy. And all of these people that I've met, that I've interviewed for this podcast that are all very successful and very talented and incredible artists. They've all had like their struggles too and they've all had their own stories. I know that there's a lot of people who didn't come from the background that I did where, you know, they have, um, you know, family who's artists or they didn't have like the opportunity to maybe even like be in a National Art Honor Society or maybe even take art classes because their parents don't want them to take art classes or their parents want them to be a lawyer or a doctor and they feel like they don't have the opportunity to become an artist. There are so many stories from people on this podcast who are like, yeah, my parents didn't want me to be an artist either. They wanted me to be a lawyer, a doctor, you know, something, a nurse, something, you know, that is uh, very apparently helping people. But what's crazy is like artists help people too a lot like more than you can imagine and despite like you know maybe not having that initial support that you know maybe like I had there are a lot of artists especially like ones that I've interviewed who like not only like got through that but are now so successful as an artist that nobody can tell them like you know you're a starving artist no one can say that to them you know and I love that about this podcast. And I hope that, you know, young people who are interested in art and interested in things like this can find this podcast and listen to this podcast and feel better about their situation. Because like I said, it's not always like rainbows and butterflies. The art industry is not the easiest industry to break into and you know if you like have any struggles with it like sometimes it's a real like it's a real speed speed bump I don't know if that's like the right word but but sometimes like you run into um problems or or things of that nature where you're like I don't know if I can get through this like I remember when I you know when I moved out here to Tampa 
And especially recently with the inflation that's been happening, like I went to the grocery store yesterday and a case of waters was $8. Like, are you kidding me? I have never seen, I have never seen that in my life. And for those of you wondering, yes, it was at Publix, but that's not the point. <laughs> a case of waters was $8. I was so shocked. Couldn't even believe it. And obviously that's not everywhere. That's honestly probably only a Publix in the city kind of thing. But that being said, <laughs> when I moved to a place with a lot less or from a place with a lot less people to a more like of a, of a city area and I realized like, oh, this job is not going to pay my bills anymore and not going to be able to like afford me groceries. I had to improvise and now I have three jobs. And, you know, like I said, we all go through like these rough patches, especially those of us who are artists, because it, it's not always like the easiest career to get into in the world, but there is always room for success. You know what I mean? Like there's always room for you to say like, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be successful. And then there's even more room for you to put in the work and do it. And uh, on TikTok, so I'm very active on TikTok. A lot of you actually probably have found me through TikTok because I post about the podcast a lot because it's something that I've been very, very excited about. But one of the videos that I posted, someone commented on um, one of my videos and was saying like, you're so lucky that, you know, you had it so easy that you're now able to be an artist full time. And it kind of made me laugh because, you know, yeah, like some parts of it for me were easier, but none of it was ever, or it, when I was in it, especially when I was younger a few years ago right now, I mean, it's definitely easier than it was when I was making minimum wage and, you know, trying to you know, pay rent and pay my car and my car insurance and, you know, get by. But especially now that I'm older, like, yeah, like, yeah, it's gotten easier, but it, it wasn't ever easy and it didn't ever feel easy either. Like I, you know, have put in like 60 to 80 hours a week working on, you know, my craft and my art and this podcast and all of these things. Like I, I have had to really grind. And that's not like, that's not like subtle flex. It's not meant to be a flex. Uh, like I said, I'm a workaholic and that is the amount of hours that I enjoy to work because I love what I do, but that doesn't mean it's not work. I'm still very tired and I'm exhausted. And I, you know, I, I just feel like it's important for people to know, like, if I can do it, you can do it. And if this person can do it, then you can do it. And all these people, all of these amazing, wonderful artists that have been on this podcast, if if they can do it and they can tell you how they did it, it might make you feel a little bit more at ease and a little bit better. And it might give you an idea as to maybe like how you can do it too. Because like I said, there are so many amazing, talented people in this like art field who are really making a name for themselves and who are able to do this full time. And I just want anyone listening who is maybe like younger, maybe discouraged, like a younger version of myself or anyone really who's who's just kind of starting out or maybe like doesn't even know if they if if art is worth doing. It, it is worth doing. And 
for a million different reasons, which you will hear at least half of them during this pod, this podcast second season. But um, it is worth doing and it's worth all the hard work and it's worth um, doing what you're passionate about because it just is <laughs> point blank period. And it is for me and I'm sure it will be for you. So thank you guys so much for listening to my story. I'm so glad I got to introduce myself a little bit more and talk about where I came from and how I got to where I'm at and where I'm at in my career and what I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and include links to everything that I talked about in the episode description, including my new website and my social medias and um, also the social media for the podcast, which is at Artwise Podcast on Instagram. Um, I'm also working on making a Discord server. I don't know if that will be up by the time this episode comes out, but I plan to have it up at some point in March, and I'm very excited about that. Um, a lot of the guests from Season 2 will be joining the Discord server, so you can ask them for advice or anything you want, really. Um, and everyone is welcome to join that, so that will be there as well. And um, thank you guys so much for listening to the season two premiere starting next week. Uh, we are going to have some super amazing guests that I can't wait for you to hear from. Every single episode has been so much fun to record and I'm literally ecstatic. I'm so excited to share all of this with you. Like I can't express enough like how excited, how hard I've worked to like get this stuff out to you guys. Like I am so excited and so happy to be sharing all of this with you finally um so yeah thank you guys again so much for listening um like i said all of my social medias in the description if you have any questions or you want to reach out or if you want to be on this podcast feel free to send me a message at any of my social medias my my tiktok my instagram my twitter my business account Anything, anything that you want to message me on, feel free. My DMs are always, 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 always open. And I love helping out when I can. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to the season two premiere of Artwise. Uh, I will see all of you guys again next Tuesday. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>